wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. Hello and welcome back to the podcast that's seriously considering rebranding itself as the Ponty Pool Combat Club. It's wrestling with my brother. Well, that was bloody brilliant. That, that, that was like William Regal's stable. Yeah, the Blackpool Combat Club. I doubt either of them have ever actually been to Blackpool, so it's probably redundant in terms of... How random and how many people in the audience have you... They're like, where? Why, why can't they just be, I don't know, like the British... The British bruisers, or... Oh, it's a bit naff, Craig. <laughs> they're not, but they're not British either, are they? No, I know, but... All right, the... Yeah, the British connection. There's some... You know, there's something... The black... I don't know. It's just weird, isn't it? Well, if there's not a training montage, a la Rocky Three with <laughs> them on Blackpool Beach with the Blackpool Tower in the background, the illuminations, pissing down with rain with the two of them freezing cold, then I think it's all been a waste of time. <laughs> in crop tops, I'll have the BWO. <laughs> yeah, they need to be running in the surf and then jumping up and hugging each other in that really homoerotic way that uh, Rocky and Apollo Creed do, but only in Blackpool with like carrier bag blowing in the wind and a dog running up and chasing them. <laughs> just at the pivotal moment, at the moment like a huge Johnny just slaps into one of their faces. Lovely stuff. Yeah, and they got to wear like kiss me quick hats and Go off and have some overpriced fish and chips. <laughs> oh, heck. Done. If that isn't their next montage, I'll let you know. If that isn't their next montage in AW, I'll be writing in. I don't know where to write to, but yeah, I'll find a way. Tony Khan, Daily's Place, America. Done. Without the A there, wouldn't it? Just America. America. M-U-R-C-A. America. Well, get there, get there, wouldn't it? First yeah. class stamp. Then, how are you? How are you, brother of mine? I'm very good. Um, it's we've had some lovely warm weather here, uh, and I was ironically going to run along a beach yesterday because of the nice weather and and recreate such scenes as I just said. But in the end, I decided not to. But we've had we've had lovely spring weather, and um, I mean that's that's keeping me smiling. What about you? <laughs> Why, why are you so like Tony Blackburn? That's giving me smiling. Why are you so sleazy? <laughs> and Sleaze? That's keeping me smiling. You've always left me smiling and satisfied. Anyway, listeners, next up we got smooth jazz. Why are you being like that? I don't know. I mean, there's a difference between being smooth and sleazy. If I cross the line, yeah, or you're at least just smeezy. There you go. Pod episode. <laughs> well, no, you're just really very scripted. Oh, we've had some... <laughs> I can't even do it now. We've had some lovely weather here in the UK, folks. That's left me smiling and happy. What would you want me to say? I haven't watched any wrestling and I don't know what's happening in the world of wrestling. Welcome to my wrestling podcast. <laughs> I'm a fraud. <Yeah>. Done. Boom. <laughs> That's it. What more do you need? That's perfect. Be real. The people want reality. They don't want... Oh, so... How's the weather been for you, chaps? It's been glorious here in South Wales. Hey, I am being real. I'm keeping it real. This is my reality, okay? <laughs> Go on, tell me about wrestling then. Tell me about wrestling then. Um, What happened? Well, I mean, you say tell me about wrestling. I only watch Dynamite and Rampage every week. I can't really remember. Wow. That's two more wrestlings than I watch a week. 
Well, you watch our wrestling clips for our podcasts. So sometimes let's just crack on. Let's just do the first segment because it's just going nowhere. This isn't it? would you rather? Yes, would you rather? Back after a, an absence, um, much much missed, much welcome feature. Yeah, why 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 was that absent, bro? Why didn't we do that last time? Uh, it was out of respect for Scott Hall. Oh, nice and negligence on your part. Yeah, cool. What what is it, bro? Yeah, yeah negligence on my part. Would you rather take part in a hair versus hair match or a crybaby match? Just in case you don't know, apparently a crybaby match is a singles match where the loser has to dress as a baby by wearing a diaper and sucking from a bottle. This match only occurred once between the one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon at the In Your House Six pay per view. Now, this is interesting, right? Because we have duels about our hair, like literally as of like two days ago. And you're like, oh, look how many colours are on your head. And I go, look how few hairs there are on yours. So I think my I've got too much of a full head of hair to to lose a hair versus hair match. You got fuck all to lose, let's be fair. So you just buzz that shit off. You're like, yeah, what? Two centimetres away from that anyway. So I'd have to be a crybaby because I can just get over that and then just still have fantastic hair. Whereas you know, you're you're going to be a crybaby, but then you'll still have that mess on top of your head. So. <laughs> okay. Just to enlighten our listeners who might not have seen a picture of us, um, I am receding and thinning because I'm now in my 40s. Um, but it's all it's all a consistent colour, at least. It's a, it's a colour. It's the same colour I've had for the last 20 years. Craig has a beautiful, thick, lustrous head of hair, but there's no color control going on there whatsoever. I mean, for a, a graphic designer slash <laughs> artist, I mean, his his color matching is all to shit. There's gray, there's bits of ginger in his beard, um, bits of it are blonde, or as my daughter called it the other day, golden. Golden. <laughs> it's, it's brown. But it's a mess. It doesn't match anything. It doesn't go with anything. You know, he, he really needs to diet. Um, but he looks ridiculous. But I am envious of the length. I need to diet and diet, ironically. I wouldn't say it's a mess, though, is it? And you've left out, you're balding at the back as well. You're not just receding. And it's not because you're I, 40. I said I'm receding and thinning. And it's yeah. my age. And it's thinning. it's my massive testosterone levels. That's my what happens. Look at look at Vin Diesel. Look at all the greats. Guy. Jason Statham, Bruce Willis. Yes. What's wrong yes. with you? The Rock, you. for Christ's sake. Yes. Batista, Goldberg. Them. All them. Stone Cold. Yeah, I couldn't think of one after yes. Vin Diesel. I kind of I lost that. a bit, didn't I? He got his fingers out and everything. <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> One more bald man, Darren. You're live. You know what it was? All, what actually came into my head were Patrick Stewart and Larry David. And I was like, they're not fucking good examples, are they? Captain Picard, you know, just the real manly men of the galaxy. Yeah. Um, oh. Well, to answer my own question, then, yes, you're right. Because I've not got the guts to shave my hair off because not all of us would look like... Uh, you know, Vindy's like look like Barry off EastEnders if I shit my hair. So um yeah, I think if it was in a hair versus hair match with that stipulation, I think that would be a fun way to experiment and say, oh, I had to. And yeah, not just as a baby with a diaper and a and a nappy and a bottle. No. 
But you are, you're a similar height. To be honest, you're getting off easy on, on, on either stipulation because you're baby-sized. So you're not going to look weird in ill-fitting clothes. Oh, look, it's a man wearing a diaper. You, you would be perfectly sized to wear baby's clothes or to have that joke of a haircut shaved. So, so you're coming out of this golden either way, like my beard. He's a baby. He's a baby. Yeah, you would be George Dawes. You just got to fuck it to both. <laughs> Shave my head off, put me in a bonnet. Then... <laughs> I wonder if that um, clip is available. Because um, I didn't get any further than reading the Wikipedia entry. I was looking for strange match types after the hair versus hair one. And I just came across that. So maybe we could pick that as a clip on another episode. I'd love to see you actually lost and how did you end up dressed as a baby? How that worked. I love that I bested you in, in this uh, habeas. We've had our own habeas this here battle right, right here, haven't we? You didn't best me. Did. But George best you. There's very little I can do about the fact I'm losing my hair. There's a hell of a lot you can do about the colour of yours, but you refuse to. Would you rather? Oh, we love each other, really. It's just bants and the... Okay, Baldy, my first clip is <laughs> the worst match in TNA, and I threw this caveat in, if not wrestling history. Well, just as the new TNA World Heavyweight Champion soaks in the crowd reaction here at Victory Road, he's interrupted by the appearance, the arrival of Immortals Eric Bischoff. Slight change of plans here, ladies and gentlemen. Slight change in plans. See, we had a little situation on March 3rd where the network got involved in our business. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Darren's wincing already. Oh, I... Orcs is the only word I can use to describe this. So once the overly enthusiastic dancing high flyer, or as my wife calls them, fast flyers, the multicolored graceful swan, another podcast title if you want to use it, one of our heroes during the Attitude Era, but an entirely different story in 2011. The worst match in history, I'm going to say it took place at TNA Victory Road, a pay-per-view actually bought on DVD and was super excited for. The main event arrived, but something was a little off. Now, you know, Hardy, legend, perfect fit for TNA at the time. Sting starting to wind down. I say he's winding down now, but he's jumping off balconies. But two icons in the business. Uh, so Hardy like saunters to the ring, his eyes barely open and just his movements off. And he spent more time taunting the crowd with his t-shirt, like, do I throw it, do I not? I give a fuck, Jeff, get in the ring and swamp on. So he, he spent more time doing that and thinking about wrestling the icon than his sting. And word got back, you know, to, to, the, to the backstage area. And that's where the whole Bischoff thing came in into fruition. That was a, a, an off-the-cuff promo. He basically just went out and stalled for time. This wasn't staged. This wasn't rigged. Bischoff was not meant to interrupt the main event at all. He was absolutely livid. 
it's not much more to say. Stinger had no other choice but to lean back into that pin following his uh, Scorpion death drop in the opening minutes of what should have been an absolute classic. Yeah, this was very sad. I remember watching it at the time, not live, but like the day or a couple of days after I recorded it. And I'd managed to avoid spoilers, so I didn't know what happened. Um, and I watched it and it was like a slow motion car crash. I mean, Jeff Hardy took ages to even appear at the start. It's like, you know, his music went on for something like 45 seconds. There's no sign of him. And then when he came out immediately, you could see there was something wrong. He wasn't the, the usual Jeff. And then when the cameras got close to him in the ring and his eyes, you could just see that he wasn't all there. Obviously, he was at, uh, at rock bottom, you know, substance abuse. Yeah, it's just, it's just tragic. Um, on the comments for the YouTube clip that you've picked, there's a detailed list of all the things that happened in the match, including timestamps. Did you see that? No. It's really insightful. So you can see, actually, he points out, and I didn't see until I saw his comment that the ref throws at the X at the two minute 56 mark. Mm -hmm. um, then he goes over and speaks to SoCal Val in the corner. He's obviously saying to her, look, he can't wrestle. We need to get word to the back that something's wrong. She rushes off. Bischoff comes out. And yeah, as you said, I mean, it's really impressive how good Bischoff is at doing this totally off the cuff promo changing the match on the fly yeah. and telling the wrestlers in the ring off the mic one thing and saying on the mic something completely different. Yeah. And of course, kudos to the ref as well for spotting that something was wrong straight away and, and not letting the match continue. Um, you know, that that's really good because it wasn't obvious what was happening to the crowd. I don't think they quite understood what was happening. Maybe Sting hadn't spotted, you know, what was going on. But, you know, somebody in that state could really either injure themselves or their opponents. So it was a good job that it happened the way it did. I mean, you can see how pissed off Sting is after he wins. He gives Jeff that disappointed dad look. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, just sad. I mean, one more thing to say before I go on to the serious bit, that title looks bloody ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I know it was a special title custom made for Jeff Hardy, but I think, in my view, it's got to be one of the worst world title designs ever for a major promotion. It's just unbelievable. What about the spinner? It wasn't worse than the spinner, surely. Oh, it was worse than the spinner. It's like, was it purple with, like, <laughs> weird spiky bits? No, I mean, the spinner <laughs> is shit, but this was just another level. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, obviously the whole thing is just a sad situation. Substance abuse, you know, isn't a joke, and we shouldn't shouldn't laugh at it too much. I'm just glad that he got the help that he needed and eventually made it back to sobriety. I think he came back, what, nine months after and cut quite a tearful promo talking about how he was at rock bottom and this was a terrible time and he hoped the fans could forgive him. And they did. And he, he went on to, um, well, he's still competing now, isn't he? He's just joined A-Dub. Joined A-Dub, jumping off ladders as of this week. But no, I, I didn't I didn't pick it to poke fun. It's been a match, or well, you can't call it a match. It's been an incident that I've wanted to choose for a while just because of the fall from grace. I mean, we, we you know, he was a hero of ours when we were growing up. The Hardys were just legends and just, yeah, even in TNA, the stuff that he's done before that, the matches he's had with Abyss, and, oh, it's just amazing. Like, him and uh, AJ Styles, my God, you know, it unbelievable. All the matches he's had with RVD and just countless things up and down the road, and, yeah, I just thought it was worth kind of showing the darker side of, of wrestling and 
how even you know the best wrestlers you know talking of rvd look at his major crazy run and then he he was thrown with drugs on him and a car with sabu and then he was just stripped of everything and just don't do drugs kids actually when i was looking for follow-ups to this and seeing what happened afterwards one of the few interviews that sting gives about this um, actually took place at an event that you've been to a few times, Wales Comic Con. Oh, bloody balls. I, I missed the wrestling Q&A. So I guarantee I was there when he was there. 20, 2017? He's only been there a few times. I, I've been there when him and Rick Flair have been there. And I, I missed the panel. Oh, fuck's sake. See? Yeah, he was asked about this there and uh, he said... He said a few things. I can't remember off the top of my head what he said, but he basically said he liked Jeff Hardy and he's a big fan of his work and it was obvious that there was something wrong. Yes. Sad times indeed. Oh, yeah. Okay, so on to my first clip. This is Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 1995. Tear his knee on that bench. How could the ladder take the punishment? I don't know, but Shawn Michaels really wrenched his knee. His razor yanking off the ladder. We had to pick a razor Ramon match after the recent sad news of Scott Hall's untimely death. So why not pick one of the best matches he was in? Now, according to Bret Hart's autobiography, he introduced the concept of the ladder match to WWE. It was a type of match that had been used in Calgary Stampede Wrestling run by his father. And then he also had the first ladder match in WWE against Shawn Michaels, although it wasn't televised. And this, though, is one of the most famous ladder matches uh, from the 90s. And it's been voted one of the best. You've got two fantastic wrestlers in Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, both in the primes of their careers, in a huge venue at a huge event with a championship on the line. And it was a repeat of the WrestleMania 10 ladder match from the year before. Now, there's a bit of uh, disagreement from fans over which was the better match. I mean, both of them are amazing, but more people say this is better because in the first one, it was almost like they were trying to find out the limits of the match type and how it worked. But this one, they were a little bit more comfortable and fluid. A um, couple of observations to start off with. Doc Hendricks? Never heard of him. Oh, it's Michael Hayes. That's odd. <laughs> I see Doc Hendricks. What's that all about? And then the belt was way too high compared to the height of the ladder. It was ridiculous. They either needed a bigger ladder or a lower belt. Somebody fucked up there. Yeah. We take a lot of the moves that we see in ladder matches for granted these days, but this is where a lot of them were pioneered. And there were a couple of spots that I thought were quite dangerous. The suplex from the canvas early on had me quite worried. There wasn't a lot of room between the ring and the guardrails. Michaels could easily have heard himself. And then later on, when Razor threw Michaels off the ladder and he caught his leg in the steps, again, that could easily have gone wrong. And the Michaels moonsault also missed. Um, I did say about the, this one being a bit more fluid than the last one, but there's still a little bit uncertainty in places. Like when the second ladder was brought in and Vince on commentary asked one, which was the legal ladder, it's like they hadn't quite worked out the rules properly. Do the voice then. You can't just say he said something. Do the voice. But this is your voice. This is your specialty. Oh, which one's <laughs> the legal ladder? 
terrible from the offset. I love it, even from the own. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, this was just a brutal, tense, exciting encounter that really kind of paved the way for the ladder matches and the TLC matches of the Attitude Era and beyond. Ooh. No, I I mean, this match immediately came to mind during our tribute to Razor in the last episode, and I can't believe we haven't talked about it. I, you, you sent it to me, and the first thing I did was go back through all of our podcasts. Going, I'm sure we've, I'm sure we've posted about this. I, I couldn't find it because obviously we haven't. But well, how have we missed this out? Like you said, it's an absolute classic. On the clip that you posted, the entrance was actually missed off because when Razor comes through, he walks underneath the ladder. <gasps> it's bad luck for fuck's sake. What are you doing? I mean, it does start off clanking a bit awkward, and you can see why they start off modern ladder matches with the belt, you know, already strapped in, because the whole bringing it down, and they've just stood there for a while, I'm thinking, oh, all that momentum, that hype kind of fizzled out a little bit, I thought. Bloody hanging up already, do you know what I mean? Um, but I love the quick attempt at the razor's edge, the chemistry between them, you know, Michael's patented. I can't just hit the turnbuckle. I have to launch myself into space. That, like you said, that suplex is only four minutes in. He did clip his his ankle on the guardrail, but Jesus Christ! I mean, just the setup for the finishes. You don't see that now. Like, and I've I've watched loads of interviews and read loads of yeah talks of people where they've just been like. The finish is no longer a finisher. It's something like bang out in the first minute and you kick out of, and I've got to hit it five or six times. Back in that era, it was, if I hit you with that sweet chin music, you're going down. If I powerbomb you with my razor's edge, match over. And it's, it was the frantic, fuck, fuck, he's got me in position for the powerbomb and you're scrambling out of it. I love that. And you don't see that now, especially with AEW. They hit the finishes within the first minute. Like you say, kick out after one. I'm like, no, no, no. It's called a finisher for a reason. I'm going off on a bit of a rant now. Um, but yeah, just just the, as you said, again, the fall off the ladder when he gets his leg caught. And then Razor working on Michael's leg so he can't super kick him again. You know, we said time and time again, oh God, he's working over an injury. But he worked over his kicking leg. How how clever is that? You know, it. and again, you just don't see that type of wrestling now. It's just a spot fest and... Like JR's gone on rants and saying, why the hell do people jump out of the ring on their opponents? Because they're just as damaged, if not more so, than their opponents. It's just just a spot where there's nothing for either man, whereas this was psychology. Who can hit their finisher first and climb up the ladder? And yeah, amazing match. That fucking crowd again. I feel like every old clip we talk about you can't even hear the can't even hear Vince McMahon at points the crowd amazing amazing stuff yeah I've made an observation about your next clip and the crowd and I think these two matches just really show how intense it was back then I don't know what it is about wrestling these days why the crowds aren't as hyped for things maybe because it takes a lot more to hype people up these days maybe because there's so much going on and they've got so many other kind of entertainment outlets that it takes something really special to hype them whereas you know going to a wrestling match in your hometown would have been a massive deal back in the 80s and 90s and seeing these these people I suppose because now we see them on the internet and in you know 
all the various TV shows and pay-per-views, it's, it's no longer unique, but this might be one of the very few occasions you get to see them, seeing them live. Yeah, I mean, it's completely saturated. We, we're so desensitised to stuff now, you know, the, the graphics on the latest 2K games uh, are just as good as the actual live action. So why would you leave your armchair? Like you said, it's got to be something super impressive. Like the lineup for WrestleMania, I'm like, oh, it's not too bad. It, you know, it could be worse. Everyone's like, oh, it's so shit. And I'm like, do you want people literally on fire? What, what do you want out of this card to make it? better you know if everyone's so shitting on things these days that yeah i just didn't we spend about five minutes in our last episode talking about how underwhelming the wrestlemania card was and what the hell is vince mcmahon doing it is but i guarantee if you're there it would still be impressive whereas people are just shitting over everything these days and i was just going off the back on what you were saying but what will it take to to get that i mean they're gonna pop for stone cold yeah the card isn't good and you know especially AEW cards have been way better for way lesser budget but yeah i, I just think people are like you said just used to it they can stream they can go on youtube i mean look at us we built a whole podcast on finding free clips on the internet to talk about so this match as well just going back to this match for a minute took place at a really difficult time for WWE. They were in the doldrums a bit in terms of uh, talent. You know, they, they didn't have an exciting product, although you wouldn't know it from, from the fans. You know, that era was over. The Monday Night Wars were, were kind of heating up. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a difficult time. It was a lot of, a lot of crap. I mean, if you look at the rest of the, the card there, I mean, the, God, the main event, for this, we'll go down in history as one of the worst ever pay-per-view main events. It was Diesel versus King Mabel, <sighs> aka Viscera, aka Big Daddy V, aka King of the Ring winner. Oh, um, and then, well, funny enough, in another match, Bret Hart defeated a man who we're going to be talking about in our next two clips. Only he was in his Isaac Yankum gimmick. Uh... This was a pay-per-view that, if not for this match would be totally and utterly forgotten. I think before we, we go on anymore, let's just segue into the, the next clip, is it? Make it seem like we knew how we were doing. Oh, yeah. So, yes, my, my next clip is Kane. Well, not as you know him. This is Sting in WCW in 1993. And big bruiser Mastino... Now, he certainly has the height and weight advantage on Sting, but Sting has been able to go up against the big ones before. And the name that comes to mind is the WCW Heavyweight Champion of the World, Big Van Vader, who has to be looking on knowing that Sting is his number one threat to the world title. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, Sting has no fear of big men. He'll step in the ring with guys. He's showing it. He'll step in the ring with guys that outweigh him by 200 pounds, and he won't take one inch stepping backwards. The look fans. at the charisma this guy's yeah. got. Unbelievable. And look at the fans. The fans go utterly crazy when he comes down that aisle. Kane in WCW? Well, no, he was actually called Bruiser Mastino, which sounds like an amalgamation of WWF wrestlers in the 80s. <laughs> it's basically Bruno Sammartino, isn't it? I guess it's better than being a maniacal dentist, which is what you talked about. Segway, nailed it. Uh, I mean, how over was Sting? Uh, and, and as you said, just listen to that crowd again. Just 
just mental. It's pure pantomime, though. David versus Goliath. Just cheesy campness. But I couldn't remember. So I, I, I told you, I'll tell the listeners, I started to screenshot clips or whatever thumbnails I've seen online and then look them up after. Oh, that looks interesting. I forgot the reason why this came on my radar. Did you see that glitch in the Matrix from Sting? Ah, oh, bro, you're going to have to go back and look at it. Seriously, after this, look back at it. Two minutes 13, right? This came up as a clip and it said Sting defies gravity. I thought, oh, he's not known as particularly high-flying or risk-taking. He's defied gravity recently in AEW. He comes off the ropes and he does a flip, but he hovers in the air for a good second before falling onto his back. And it's not a camera glitch. It's not a, a technical, you know, it's not a technical malfunction. And everyone's like, what the fuck happened? How could he hover in mid-air? Oh, I can't believe he didn't pick up on that. Um, he just kind of hovers there. I, I replayed it like a hundred times and I really couldn't work it out. All the comments, like I'd love to see a different camera angle. Have you seen it? Are you looking at it now? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I did see that at the, the time, but it just kind of flashed by me. There is a, there's a few people commenting on it in the uh, weird as things. hell. He just, yeah, two minutes 13, he flips. And before he falls to the ground, he kind of hovers and there's nothing for him to hold on to. It's like one of those, yeah, weird mime artists on the streets. You're like, how are you? How are you on a floating carpet? It was really weird. But yeah, basically the match ends with Big Kane tapping out to the Scorpion Deathlock. And dare I say, a bit of a squash match. Um, if only the Stinger knew what Bruiser would become in the WWF. Yes, I knew that Kane had various gimmicks before becoming Kane, but I'd never heard of uh, Bruiser Mastino. But actually, I wasn't aware of all the other names as well. So let's just go through some of Glenn Jacobs's ring names. Oh, Angus King. The Christmas Creature, Diesel, <laughs> Doomsday, Isaac Yankum, DDS, Mike Unibom, Sid Powers, Spartacus, Unibom. Fucking hell, he's like, lose. What was that Christmas one? The Christmas Creature. I need, you, I need to see that. <laughs> I mean, I saw one, the first one, Angus King. Isn't that a burger from Burger King? <laughs> that is, isn't it? The Angus King. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Googling Christmas creature there. <gasps> Piss off. Oh my God. He looks like the Grinch. He got candy cane arms. He got fucking tape. You got it, dude. You, you go online right now. That is pathetic. <gasps> is that Kane? Oh, how <laughs> <laughs> pathetic is that? The Christmas creature. Oh, that's that'll be a clip for our next festive fun episode. Can't wait to December. He's got a fucking mask made of tinsel. He looks like um, one of those Mortal Kombat characters has landed in a Christmas tree. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, yeah, what, what more can I say really about this? The match itself, um, you know, wasn't much to write home about. Why do we keep saying that, by the way? Nobody writes home anymore. We need a new one. Something like, um, it's not worth sharing in the family WhatsApp. <laughs> oh, that's good, yeah. That'll do. Okay. <laughs> well, this match wasn't worth sharing in the family WhatsApp. But um, yes, but no, it was. It was interesting to see a wrestler again at a stage of their career before they became known for for who they were, and 
obviously he had potential because of his size and he had fair ability even at this time. But yeah, Sting being so over, just insane. The crowd were literally screaming at one point. Yeah, rabid, rabid for him. Absolute madness. Well, we've both gone for Kane clips tonight. Yes, well, I, I did that on purpose because you you sent me yours first. I'm like, oh, well, I've got a Kane match. That's perfect. And I've already done a Sting match. So you can't see it, folks, but I'm lacing my fingers together a la David Brent because I thought that's perfect. I'll just join mine up tonight. Beautiful. Well, this is my second clip. And this is Kane versus Albert in a no DQ match for the Intercontinental title on SmackDown in the year 100 pound man do a hurricane runner. Yeah, that was that was bonkers. That was <laughs> it was it was like he power bombed himself onto his neck. That was that was insane. One thing I love about wrestling is seeing agile and skilled big men because the, so many of the big wrestlers, not naming any names because we we slagged off enough. Picture uh, people. Oh, God. <laughs> I was gonna do that. <laughs> I had exactly the same cough. <laughs> Uh, hey Carly <clears throat> uh, they're slow plodding giants who succeed because of their sheer size rather than any wrestling ability but when you've got a big guy who can move who can do moves, who's hard hitting and can have a good match with anyone then I'm there, when you've got two of them well just pump that shit straight into my veins Love it. <laughs> I've always liked Kane and I preferred him when he was this bit when he dropped the stupid uh, voice boxing <laughs> Um, but he's always been impressive, you know, especially for his size. And I used to like Albert as a good mid-card act back in the Attitude Era. I, I had to watch and, and find out which stable he was in this week in this episode. Oh, it's X Factor. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, there weren't many wrestlers who could throw Kane around, but Albert was one of them. And that Hurricane Rana, just absolutely insane. I had to watch it a couple of times. I mean, luchadors do Hurricane Ranas, cruiserweights do Hurricane Ranas, seven foot tall, 300 pound monsters do not. <laughs> oh, you know, I was always impressed by Kane doing his flying lariat from the top rope because a man that big shouldn't be that agile, but bloody hell. To, to jump into a powerbomb position on, a, on another giant and then to turn that into a Hurricane Rana. Madness. There were a few underrated matches like this in the Attitude Era that they just put out on TV. And, you know, two wrestlers who you wouldn't put together on any pay-per-view just, just got together and had a, a really good five or ten minute match. Um, there was actually another match featuring these two at about the same time that I thought about featuring, in which Kane does a bloody front drop kick on Albert. <laughs> but the Hurricane Rana won out for me. It's like he hasn't got the memo of, of what type of wrestling he's supposed to be. Stay to the script, Kane. <laughs> no. You know, you know what it is. It's like when <laughs> when you create a character on um, on SmackDown versus Raw or, or WWE 2K whatever, and you think, yeah, yeah, seven foot tall, monster, massive, powerful, 
but with a moonsault. Yeah. Or something ridiculous like that. But that's what you used to do to drive Ellen to me. I'm like, you, the Red Dragon was just an amalgamation of fucking 15 different people. You can't be that gifted. I, I, I just need to start my notes with, uh, I got everything I ever wanted. <laughs> Why? You used to sing that around the house all the fucking time. The pink, the campness. I, I don't get it. Just incredible. Awesome. Love the guy. Follows us on Twitter. X-Pac. Those two. Brilliant. They, they, brilliant. They, what? Uncle Cracker. Don't forget. Sung that. Right, even well, yeah. Follow me and every they could they couldn't get the rights to follow me. He's <laughs> there with and everything. I look at them. A cool, a cool idea. Yeah, the X Factor, that's X Pack's finishing move. Like I said, just incredible. An X Pack could have spat each other out. And then you got this big bodyguard in Albert. Who knows what to do with fucking Albert? Let's be fair. Put him with them. Brilliant. Pink. Pink colours. I get he's walking there and going, for fuck's sake, come on. Anything, anything other than this. Oh, just a weird, just yeah. I on this on this match, I'm just dwelling on the weird fucking things like that stable gimmick, which pathetic, absolutely pathetic. And as soon as I hear it, I had to pause because I was pissing myself, thinking, "Oh my god, he used to sing that every day." I get everything. He used to do it all the time. Brilliant. It's catchy. It's an earworm. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, but in the wrong context, though, isn't it? Come on. It's uh, better spice. than walking around singing I'm an ass, man. Or it's on par. Or, yeah, HBKs. Yeah, it's, it's just... It's not going to strike fear in the heart of anyone, is it? So, yeah, basically, it's just a big cane versus the big train. Yeah, and, again, dwelling on... You like that one? He fucking loves that one. Look at him. That was beautiful. That, what a... You like that? Better that, can we? <laughs> I, again, dwelling on on random things. Oh, just looking at that old SmackDown branding. My heart literally, I don't know. It was just like, oh, I remember those days. And SmackDown won for the PlayStation. We just played to absolute death. And then I was just, the, I don't know, just the staging of everything. I mean, even watching the match. I was like, oh, my God, look at that. that those were the days. It was just nostalgia to the max. I mean, yeah, the match itself, just typical WWE big guy brawl until, like you said, Kane does a fucking hurricane runner out of nowhere. I, it wasn't as even as if he was sat on the top turnbuckle, and Albert comes along and he kind of wrapped his legs around his head and spun and does a hurricane runner. Like you said, he fucking jumped up on his shoulders. It's like, what? So in a way, we've watched two matches where there is like a genuine glitch in the Matrix because... Gravity does not work for these people. Uh, yeah, just random. But you know what I'm going to say, bro, for a non-DQ match. Come on, you could have done a little bit extra. I've seen more hardcore action than bloody Royal Rumble. They could have done something. The Hurricane Rana was the, the moment of the match, and I know they don't have a lot of time. But anyway, that Dudley Hardy tag team table elimination match sounded good after that. I was uh, I was looking forward to that, and then the clip ended. So, yeah, it's a bit of a letdown. Well, maybe you can feature it on another pod. But I think the thing we didn't talk about with this match, of course, is this was right smack bang in the middle of the invasion angle. And there was lots of talk on commentary about having WCW wrestlers turn up to Raw next week and this, that and the other. The big uh, thing, of course, the reason I think it was a no DQ match was so you could have um, DDP interfering. And doing that awkward diamond cutter on Kane, 
who didn't seem to be expected in the diamond counter and fell like really awkwardly. Um, I didn't mention that because to be honest, I didn't care. It was, it was just the Hurricane Rana that I wanted to talk about. Well, I don't know it was more but, awkward, that diamond catch, or the fact that he didn't wear fucking socks. I was like, oh, look at your shoes. I wasn't even looking at the move. I was thinking, you look like a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. and But then that got me thinking about how they misused TTP into WWE, and that made me oh. sad. And I didn't want to think about that because they, they had so many good things they could have done with him and his character. You know, people's champ versus people's champ. It writes itself, only it didn't because Vic, Vincent Wells stopped it. And then the whole invasion angle just being a massive disappointment. Uh, sorry. WCW. No, don't apologize. This is this is where our best shit comes from, all these tangents. DDP in WCW was white hot. He was a guy. I, I just absolutely love his story. Have you watched Relentless yet? No. Oh, it's it's amazing, seriously. Just how old he was and and how he was just outshining the people who he was managing and they're like well, this is no good you're supposed to be bigger than that but all the all the eyes are on you oh my god and, and like the underdog in in wcw he had the whole smells like teen spirit entrance music he was just so fucking over that finishing move was amazing that the stunner and a few other moves just 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 phenomenal and then yeah he comes in and he's the stalker and he's stalking Undertaker's wife. Why? If you're going to make him a heel, that's that's wrong move number one. But if you go into it, then do something more inventive. He's not a pervert. He's he's the every guy, the every man. He's kind of, you know, the guy off the streets, the, the guy that's supposed to be too old to do this. And, and he did it and he won the gold. Not a fucking stalker in the woods. He's the guy off the street, the guy in the bushes, the guy <laughs> peering around the corner through windows. It's the guy in your wardrobe, bro. Don't have him stalking people. Well, well you know what happened? Some, some of the writers talked to Vincent McMahon about his character and they said, you know, he's an everyman. He's a guy in the street. Guy in the street, yeah? Guy proven through a hedge. Yeah, I got it. No, <laughs> no, no. What are you saying no to me? You say no to me? No, no, no. I'll see him. That's amazing. Why haven't they thought of that before? We're going to run with that. And our lamentations on what could have been bring this episode to an end. Me and my sleazy voice. You and your multicolored hair. Yeah, that was that was just way too scripted at the start. Don't get me back onto that. Or or shall I bookend it with more of your oh hey, welcome back to the smooth tones of Dodgy Darren and <laughs> Golden. No, but book bookend is a wrestling move, so you are allowed to say that. Boom. Anyway, let's bring this ship home. Let's sail her into port and say find us on Twitter at <laughs> WrestleBros Pod. Listen to our back catalogue. Get on there. Listen to all the old ones. Hey, Catch up. God, don't be the laughing stock of your office slash school ground slash insert place here. You know, all your mates going, you've watched number 22 yet. It's a belter. Get on it, you loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go back and find out what happened in episode 22 now and see if you're right. But I don't oh, think it's important. No, it was really good to watch her. You were in it, so. I mean, it was. I've been in all of them. <laughs> Consistent. <laughs> oh, what are we on about? Right, anyway, okay, we'll see you next time for more Wrestling With My Brother. Take care, dudes. I got everything I ever Yo. wanted And I'll never Yo. give that back Yo. Oh, I know you hate that back up. But you ain't gotta look at me like that I said you ain't gotta look at me like that Wrestling with my brother We 
got a podcast, yeah, wrestling with my brother.